0: quarantine spook show I'm Kyle Carezzi. this is the show where I tell uh, improvised horror stories I pull random titles from a jar or a hat uh, most of which are submitted by the audience and then I from the titles I make up the stories from there if you have any titles you'd like to submit you can send them to uh, quarantinespookshow at gmail.com contact me directly if you have those means. I do want to talk a little bit about something real quick. If there are any listeners who keep up with the show week by week, at least on a semi-regular basis. You might notice that I didn't stream or upload anything last week. The first time I've done that, uh, since the start of Quarantine Spook Show, back when there was a quarantine to name it after. The reason being was, uh, I do live on a farm, and we raise rabbits and whatnot. Um, and if you were listening to the show at the time of the recording, uh, you might know that there was a vicious, uh, record-breaking Heat wave uh, in the Pacific Northwest where I live as a prelude to the disasters of climate change. But, uh, yeah, to get to the point, uh, about half of our farm animals died. Uh, all the, the rabbits, they were all rabbits. So, in conjunction with having to stay cool that weekend, uh, we spent it, uh, we part of our house as a rabbit triage station where we had to hydrate every rabbit individually. Some of them escaped, uh, took it away from the heat. We had to catch them, and a lot of them didn't make it. I'll spare you the details because it might be a uh, maybe a bit too morbid, morbid, even a bit too morbid even by this show's standards, Just saying something. yeah, I guess I have nothing else to say about it other than, you know, it was literally a life or death situation. And I feel like I was just coming out of it, uh, the experience of that a couple days ago. I don't have anything else that's profound to follow it up with. Um, I suppose that's also just the nature of disaster or, destruction, I guess. How it's just in one or several sweeps, and you really can't quantify, uh, what what dictates, uh, who lives or who dies, uh, who gets away scot-free and who doesn't. Then there's all the aftermath you have to deal with. I guess the only other note I might mention is, uh, you know, The whole point of the show is, you know, making light of the terrors that exist in the world. Uh, Whether it's from current events, uh, daily living, and anywhere in between. Even though there are some certain episodes that uh, have reached horrific for sure, but none of it uh, tops all the terror and fear that can exist in real life. Yeah, I suppose that's all I have to say about it. I guess I'm still a bit pent-up about it. But let's see how that influences the stories. So, uh, without further ado, let's begin. Hmm. <laughs> Alright. This first story is called... Meet the Chuds. people who attended uh, Jefferson High School between the years of 2007 and 2011 probably knew the name Dudley Shud without ever having to meet him. He was part of a clique of 5 to 10 other kids not only were they all douchebags, but they were all despised and hated by at least seven-eighths of their graduating class. But the worst of them was Dudley Chud. People also called him Dud Chud, or Duds, or Chuds. many variations of the ud sound at the end of it. Hey Suds or whatever. That's the way Dudley was. He uh he accepted any name that people called him. As long as it was somewhat accurate to how you phonetically say his name he didn't really give a shit. In fact uh, Duds and Suds did care about anything much. His only real passion was fucking shit up. He could just be randomly calling calling out random shit in a class. Could be bullying or insulting other students. Could be any flavor of disruptive. Not in that cool way where someone knows that the system is fucked up and they're trying to, uh, subvert it in some way to make it tolerable for the other students, at least as a form of entertainment of of some sort. Nah, Duds was just a dick to everyone. Every day when, uh, you'd go into a teacher's, uh, class, for the start of that period on that day, Most teachers would just silently think to themselves, Ah, fucking this guy again. Shit. And there's one teacher named Mr. Reagan who would... Kind of an old-fashioned guy. But he would just watch Dudley just fuck shit up, being mean to other students, being super loud, and not nearly being as cool as he thought he was. Mr. Reagan would just look at him and just think, how does this guy just get all that energy? Like, every day, it's constant. If there's a way to fuck something up, he's going to. Or at least he's going to try. One day, uh, Mr. Reagan was in the teacher's lounge uh, eating a cheese sandwich with some mayo on it. And he was overhearing a conversation about Dudley, little Dudley Judd. And another teacher was just like, Yeah, oh my god, fuck that kid. Seriously. Mr. Reagan chimed in. He was just like, "Yeah, kid's a real piece of work." And then one teacher was just like, "Yeah, I hate having to give him like good grades or anything like that." And Mr. Reagan was just like, "Oh, you, uh, is he actually good? Does he actually does? Does he actually do good work in your class?" And the teacher was like, "No, not really. But if he's got like a, you know, a C minus, I bump it up to a C. Uh, you know, B plus, I bump it up to an A minus. You know, D plus to a C minus, etc. You get the idea." And then Mr. Reagan said, "Well, I'm, you know, I'm, I guess I'm more traditional. I think uh, students should earn their grades. You know, that's why they're here to learn and to work hard and all that." Another teacher chimed in, and was just like, yeah, I do the same thing for Dudley, just to keep that kid cool, you know, I don't want him to fuck off too much in my class, so I'll take whatever, I'll take whatever I get, if I could just subdue him by just bumping up his grades a little bit, you know, I'm cool with that. Mr. Reagan looked around, and was just like, wait a minute, do you all bump up his grades marginally? And the teachers looked at each other looked at Mr. Reagan and was like, well, yeah. Mr. Reagan was like, that's that's not, that's unacceptable. I understand, like, you do a grace every now and then to certain students, you know, if they're in a pinch. I get that, you know. I'm not callous, but, like, fucking, if anyone doesn't deserve it, it's fucking duds and suds chud, you know? First teacher that spoke up was just like, yeah, just wait until you meet his parents, though. And Mr. Reagan was just like, oh, I've never met his parents. And there was a knowing glance uh, throughout the te- among all the teachers. And The first teacher was just like, ah, there it is. Yeah, once you meet Dudley's parents, you'll you'll see. You really don't want to deal with them. I know you're new- pretty new to the school and all, but yeah, just. Yeah, don't don't cross Dudley Suds and Chuds or whatever. Mr. Reagan took umbrage in how his teachers responded to Dudley's behavior and his poor classwork. It motivated him to be extra meticulous. He graded Dudley's papers. And even sometimes when there was downtime in class, he would uh, go up to Dudley, like, "Hey, how, how are you doing? Uh, how's that problem? You know, you need any help with anything?" And then Dudley would just be like, "No, get out of here." And Mr. Reagan would be like, "Okay, I'm just trying to help." And then he got a few tests back from Dudley and just be like, oh, no, Failing grade! Failing grade! Failing grade!" school let out. Mr. Reagan was in the class and grading papers and whatnot. There was a knock at his door. And there's a, a middle-aged couple, uh, both blonde, who were just like, oh, hello. And then Mr. Reagan was just like, oh, hello, how are you? Can I help you with anything? Said, oh, yes, we're, we're Dudley's parents. And Mr. Reagan was like, Oh, okay. But in his head, he was just like, Oh, shit, how's this gonna go? Guess I'll finally see what everyone's talking about. And both of Dudley's parents uh, reached out for handshakes. Uh, yeah, I'm Karen Chud. I'm Chad Chud. Oh, yeah. Reagan, yeah. Good to meet both of you. So, you know, I'm always happy to schedule appointments with uh, with parents and whatnot. So, but, yeah, what do you need? What's going on? And then Chad said, oh, well, we just, you know, we just wanted to, you know, uh, notice that these grades weren't doing so well recently. And then Mr. Reagan was just like, yeah, kids these days. I mean, I tried to reach out and help a little bit. I'm happy to meet with him at any time to tutor him to some degree. I do have some study hours that any students uh, can come by and help study. It's, it's mostly, you know, like super academic stu- students, but anyone's welcome to come by with help with any problems or questions that they have, you know. I try to be available for the kids and whatnot. And then Karen said, oh, that's just it. want We want to invite you for dinner at our house, you know. Maybe we can talk about his grades and all that. I suppose we can do that. Uh, I am free on Thursday. Uh, I can stay out till like 6 if you're down for an early meal. And then Chad said, oh, that's fine. We can, how about we, you know, we come over at 4.30, we eat dinner at 5, and you head out at 6 or whatever. And then Mr. Reagan was like, yeah, sounds good. Sounds great. The truth of the matter. Mr. Reagan didn't quite know what to expect from the Chud family. He's heard rumors, stories, legends about the Chuds. He had a friend who was their neighbor once. That they were super loud and arrogant a lot of creepy passive-aggressive things to say on the drive over Mr. Reagan thought uh, we've been making a huge mistake here I thought no 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 I do genuinely want to help Dudley I guess but I do yeah I'll come over see what I can do just keep talking about the classwork and his teachings I think maybe this can be smooth Mr. Reagan pulled up to a large suburban house in an incomplete residential neighborhood. He pulled in and had some coleslaw. And then all three chuds greeted him at the door. Ah, Mr. Reagan! And was was just like, oh, hi. Yeah, I got some coleslaw here. And Karen said, that's great. We're going to have her barbecuing right now. Just head to ba- head around back in the backyard. And they slammed the door in his face, and he was like, oh, that's weird. So I went him up around back to the backyard, and the chuds were already out there barbecuing and all that. Chad Chud had an apron on. Apron on. Karen was pouring some drinks. And little Dudley was just playing his uh, PSP, not really giving a shit. Chatting, uh, having an enthralling conversation about real estate. Mr. Regan was like, Yeah, real estate is real, alright. And then, when the food was almost finished, uh, Chad went on to say that he worked for General Electric. Uh, Mr. Regan was like, Oh, sounds like an exciting job. Cool. So they had dinner together and kept the talk small, you know. They talked about politics briefly and how the uh, the Chuds weren't a fan of Obama. Mr. Reagan nodded and was just like, okay, sure. And more they chat. Mr. Reagan gives his history about the school, how he just transferred over uh, about a year ago, but has already been teaching for 17 years before. Well, Mr. Reagan said, Oh, well, yeah, I'd like to think of myself as traditional, you know. And then Chad was like, traditional. That's great. Mr. Reagan kept trying to segue to talk about Dudley's coursework and everything. Karen and Chad would just be like, "Oh, yeah, great." And then move on to talk about something else. Eventually dinner was over and it was about 5:30. Chad patted Dudley on the shoulders, He's like, hey, Dud, hey, uh, Dud's McSuds, um, how about you, uh, you know, head up to your room for a bit, play some video games, uh, we're, we're gonna talk to your teacher for a bit, and Dudley just shrugged, just like, whatever, I don't give a shit, and then Mr. Reagan said, oh, I was hoping we could, uh, talk about his coursework a little bit, and then Karen said, oh, we will. Dudley was out of earshot, uh, the sun started to set a little bit, and then Chad said, yeah, uh, Mr. Reagan, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a real shame that you can't give passing grades to Dudley. And Mr. Reagan said, well, it's not a matter of not being able to, um, you know, it's really, you just gotta put the work in, uh, you know, I mean, my class isn't really that hard, I don't think, take some work, some getting used to, you know. Algebra can be tricky, I get it, but I try to make it accessible for the students, um, and help them out as much as I can. And Karen said, yeah, well, it would be really helping him out and helping us out. So you can just give him a passing grade. doesn't have to be miraculous, you know. It can be a C or whatever. Maybe an occasional D. But it can't be an F. Well, Mr. Reagan said, uh, okay, um, well, again, that all depends on Dudley and the amount of work he's going to put in. And I keep saying that I'm happy to be available for him to help out or whatever, Uh, But yeah, just he's got to put the work in. I don't have anything else to say about it. The sun started to set a little bit more, and then Chad asked, uh, "So, uh, Mr. Reagan, what do you know about the uh, the Chud family line?" Mr. Reagan said, "Um, I don't know. I just heard about you Chuds recently. Uh, yeah, I can't say I don't I don't know much about you." Chad Chud said, "Our family history, the history of this region." Mr. Reagan shrugged. and was like, "No, I don't." And Chad readjusted himself, uh, adjusted his wine his wine shirt a little bit. He said, "Ah, we ch- we Chuds, we have a we have a rich history." over in the 1830s, and then struck oil in the 1870s, we had a lucrative oil company for a bit, it helped out many generations of families. seen better days you know everything's people were trying to go for green energy you know solar power, wind power we've gotten hit by a lot of lawsuits uh, for various oil spills Uh, we were the ones that built the drill for the BP oil spill and that was a whole debacle, slammed with lawsuits we were, luckily BP got the heat hit in that scenario My great grandfather was uh, you know alive for a bit. Once his family started to get bankrupt, he died. Now there's still some inheritance floating around, but we've been uh forced to live an upper middle class lifestyle. Karen said, Oh, it's terrible. Chad said, Yes, it's terrible. So, we can't let our son fill out of school. See, he's the next generation of shuts, and he needs all the help that he can get. We're already meeting with adv- advisors from uh, a few of the Ivy League schools. Really, doing all we can to prep him for his future. But we can't do that if there are people like you. Uh, trying to put Chud's in her place. Mr. Rakin says, Well, I'm not trying to put anyone in anyone's place. Uh, I want everyone in my class to succeed, but they gotta put the work in. You know. I know sometimes, you know, the school system is its own behemoth, its own beast that one has to navigate. But even still, if he does probably the minimum amount of coursework, I'll be happy to pass him, truly. Chad started to laugh and just said, Oh, we chuds, we've never had to work a day in our life. We just always take what we want. Eventually the sun was gone. Smiled. Mr. Reagan took a close look at their smiles and noticed that their teeth were sharper and smaller than he noticed before. Their eyes a little bit beatier. Mr. Reagan stood up and he said, "Well, I think I gotta go." It's almost 6, I really gotta head out. Then Chad got up and said, Stay, stay. His voice was deeper. More menacing. Airier and more of a growl. But you've gotta stay for dessert. Karen said, yeah, you gotta... Of course. Mr. Ring says, no, I'm I'm just going to go. So he just walked out, uh, cut through the backyard, around the side of the house. Looked over at the front door. And saw Dudley uh, on the porch playing his PSP, Something was off. He didn't look human. His hair was gone. He looked more bulbous and blurbous, slimier. And he had a, a few layers of sharp, dagger like, tiny teeth. a uh, large plate of raw meat next to him. And he would just take a piece and slurp it up in one bite, chuck the bones to his side, and then go for the next piece. And then Mr. Reagan said, Oh Jesus, the kid, this kid's a fucking monster. Tried to start it by switching the ignition, but it wouldn't start. He got out to try to see what the problem was, but he saw there was a whole puddle of gas, gasoline, behind where the, underneath where his gas tank was. It was cut through and was leaking. Mr. Reagan said, "Oh shit!" And then he saw the other shuts. Chad and Karen Chud in their vicious bulbous form like these giant weird worm creatures with tiny sharp teeth and little limbs. They started to scoot on closer to Mr. Reagan and he started to run. He ran as fast as he'd ever run in his life the Chuds were faster. Eventually, they caught up with Mr. Reagan and tackled him to the ground. Mr. Reagan screamed, No! No! Some neighbors looked out of their curtain, out of their windows, to see Mr. Reagan and watch him scream. And then they quickly drew the curtain away, pretending not to notice. Mr. Reagan came into work that next day. He seemed a bit more cheerier than usual. Some students called him a hard ass, other people called him traditional. But there's something really up with him that no one could quite put their finger on. But then again, those same people didn't see the scar on his scalp where one piece of his brain used to be Okay, this next story is called Dwelling of the Serpent Lord. watching the leaves fall Too many people knew much about the Serpent Lord, where he came from. People would just see him in clubs or underground shows and be like, that's him. That's the Serpent Lord. He really spoke about himself in public. He released uh, an album every two years secrecy without announcing it and his music was very popular but not much was known about the Serpent Lord personally they only knew him by his, by his moniker but he had enough of a reputation where if he appeared at some club or show People would be like, oh shit, it's fucking Serpent Lord, you know? He toured occasionally if he needed money. Often he would do impromptu sets secret shows. He often wore a snazzy kimono. Often talked about chaos magic and all that jazz. occasionally pick people up at clubs that commence fucking and whatnot. But often the people we picked up were never seen again. They were still out in the world, uh, out in public. But they often left that scene. where the Serpent Lord was. He was talking to some people, and a couple others uh, tried to get his autograph, but the Serpent Lord never gave out autographs. He just shooed them away and pretended that they didn't exist. And if that fan was feeling fragile to some degree, they might have convinced themselves that they no longer existed, because... The Serpent Lord commenced it so. So Jen was watching the Serpent Lord. Chat with other people. He didn't look like, uh, the way she thought he would. Probably in his, uh, mid to late 40s. Very thin. It seemed like his skin was very tight to his bones. Serpent Die Contacts and kept talking about uh, William Burroughs and the Nova Trilogy talking about the Sight Chick Youth and um that other occult-ish book that exists in the world he talked about several uh Americana occult texts uh Mostly written by trust fund hippies, but still he was impressing everyone in the room. And I didn't watch them. It was just like I'm gonna fuck the Serpent Lord. Yeah, I'm gonna fucking do it. So she walked up to the Serpent Lord and Serpent Lord met her her gaze, just thinking, oh, someone else who to, wants to be, to embrace my regal nature. That was the look that he started off with, but then when he saw Jen's intentionality in her eyes, something else quivered inside him. It was the look that someone had when they didn't know what they were going to expect. said to him, let's have sex tonight. And the serpent lord chuckled and was just, uh, he said, oh, so matter of fact, not even a hello. And Jen was just like, no, I just want to get straight to the fucking, no bullshit. Maybe we can get breakfast after if we have a good time. And the serpent lord grinned and said, oh, You'll have a good time. The Serpent Lord called a lift uh, back to his pad in the city. He kept talking in it like he was in in a limo, just like, yeah, yeah, yes, this city. I knew it before it was how it is known today, you know? And Jen was just like, yeah, sure. She liked the Serpent Lord's music, but... The more he talked, he was just kind of talking in a lot of, uh... Abstract platitudes. Just like, ah, oh, yes. Things weren't always the way they are now. They will never be what they once were. But someday, there'll be something new. And then Jen would be like, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess I agree. It's kind of like the weird, uh... It struck Jen as the, uh... If someone pretend to be spiritual and perhaps a percentage on the path, but they speak like they already reached enlightenment, but they had a a lot of bullshit that they haven't dealt with and they just have that covered up. And just totally pretends that that doesn't exist and they're just totally enlightened as fuck, as fuck when they're not even close. The Serpent Lord struck Jen as this type of fraud, but at this point she was pretty thirsty and was just willing to get through the night. Who knows, maybe he'd be a good lay. So they arrive at a townhouse apartment building. The Serpent Lord steps out. It's just like, alright, this is my pad. Down a flight of stairs to the basement, and then the Serpent Lord said, "Okay, welcome to the Serpent Lord's dwelling." He opens the door, and Jen wasn't really wowed by everything she saw. Like it was spacious, sure. Um, the ceiling was pretty low because it was in a, cause it was underground in a basement. carpets were red and purple and uh the zebra design as well there are a lot of bean bean bag chairs around a couch a large tv that just had a monitor of uh that old fish tank screensaver. jen was like oh that's a uh, vintage i guess and then the serpent lord said ah yes it sure it sure is Jen was just like, can I get a drink? And the Serpent Lord said, sure, just come to my bar. The bar was actually kind of impressive. Had a variety of liquor there. A mini fridge with craft beers. Uh, what do you be having? And Jen said, I don't know, just a gin and tonic, I guess. The Serpent Lord made a drink pretty quickly and gave it to her. She watched the drink being made, uh, in case it wasn't wasn't drugged, uh, because it was getting to the point where the Serpent serpent Lord uh, struck her as that kind of guy, and she wanted to be cautious. So she had a sip, and was just like, oh, was actually a pretty good drink. And then saw a door next to the bar, and she's like, "Oh, hey, what's in here?" And the Serpent Lord said, "Wait, no, no, don't." And Jen walked in. It was his kitchen. It's pretty small. looked like a like a normal, you know, kitchen, which kind of struck her as odd because nothing about him was normal at all. But I suppose he was human. So then Jen looked around and saw this trash can. Not only was it overflowing, but there were little boxes of Chinese food stacked all around it. And Jen was just like, oh my god, how long has this Chinese food been here? And the serpent lord said, Well it's not hasn't been there, you know, that long, really. It's you know, it's fine. I'll get I'll throw it away, I'll get to it. Jen looked over at the dishes. Oh. The dishes. even the grandest western myths like Ulysses or the Iliad or the Divine Comedy or Moby Dick or whatever the fuck could entail a stack of dishes that were in that sink. Using the term stack would be a generous term. They were all just crammed in, crammed in there. All had weird crusts Crusty stuff on it, all used up. It had bugs crawling all over it. Some of the dishes were broken. And the smell. Ah, the smell. It's not a smell that can be communicated through audio entertainment. got what one whiff and was just like what the fuck is that? The Serpent Lord came in, he's just like you don't gotta you don't gotta worry about that. Let's just have a nice time and you know, my my, be- my bed's in this other room here. It's like the social pad. This is more of like my private space. I don't I don't want you in here. Jen was just like, Jesus Christ man, like these dishes like what the fuck? Like I've you know, I've fucked some bachelors or whatever. You don't gotta be a need freak or anything, but god damn shit and and serpent lord was just like look look you don't gotta it's not something you gotta worry about let's just go back have a nice time I got some cannabis we can smoke you know we can chill out if you're into watching something when streaming we can do that We we can do whatever I can rivet you with conversation I can do anything to keep you away from these dishes but please just stay away from these dishes Jen was repulsed she didn't know what to do. And seeming like she didn't have a choice. She just went to the dishes and just started cleaning them. There's a little bit of soap left and a really dirty, uh, worn-out sponge. And she la- lathered the sponge and tried to clean up as much as she could. And the Serpent Lord said, What are you doing? And Jensen, I'm not I'm not fucking you while these dishes are here. I'm gonna leave a dent in the mountain. You can help if you want, I guess, but I doubt you have the ability to fucking do any dish." So she started to scrum them down, and then the Serpent King, uh, the Serpent Lord, rather, kind of hopped in and, uh, would help dry plate here and there, would touch a bunch of dishes, kind of pretending to help, but not really contributing. said, if you're going to be in the way, just wait in the other room. I'll get back to you. I'm just going to do some of these dishes. And the Serpent Lord was just like, um, okay. So she was doing some dishes and getting a little bit exhausted. She was about a quarter of the way through Approximately, which is a generous way generous way of describing it. She's like, no, just a few more, just a few more. And the Serpent Lord uh, came back in, bashful, and he was just like, um, listen, I really appreciate you doing some of the dishes and all, but you really, you really don't have to. Then it was just, Jen was just like, no, no, I'm going to, like, I don't care. Like, it's fucking gross. I can't get turned on with this fucking smell here. I gotta kill it somehow. And then Serpent Lord was like, you know, I'm not a, I'm not like a mess, you know, you know. I'm not some, like, pig, some uncouth oaf or something. I just, you know. And Jen was just like, yeah, yeah, you're really busy. All right, I get it. Like, no, it's not just that, I mean, of course, I'm very busy, uh, you know, selling my albums and doing shows and, uh, meeting the upper social stratas of society and all that, but I mean, uh, listen, it's, I also, you don't want to fuck with that sync. said well you know if you look around my apartment it's pretty spacious for the price like I'm, I'm pretty well off I've worked really hard to get where I am but even still don't you think this is the apartment is too spacious, too luxurious and Jen was just like what point are you getting at and the serpent lord said well everything comes at a price and uh my price is uh, having a sink like this one that you just can't fuck with. So I implore you, please keep the dishes here because it keeps it at bay. And Jen was just like keep what at bay. And the Serpent Lord said, Forget it, I I said I said too much. You don't gotta you don't gotta worry about it. Just let's just go into the bedroom. And Jen was just like Alright. I don't even care if I get fucked tonight. I'm doing every fucking dish in this sink. Just so you have your tail between your legs, just so you can fucking learn something, maybe, about what a fucking piece of shit you are, Gerald. Yeah, that's right, I researched your real name, Gerald, okay, so fucking, listen, Serpent Lord, just go fucking drink and sit out while I do this. So the Serpent Lord just just stood there and watched. Silently, with his arms crossed. Feeling guilty, but also feeling nervous. Jen kept doing the dishes. She has, she's had a lot of cleaning base jobs in her life, so... Really, these dishes were a snap. She was breezing through them, getting the dishes relatively clean. She was also saying like, okay, you need like a dishwasher or something because I don't know how, no wonder you can't, someone like you can't do all these by hand. And he was just like, what do you mean someone like me? And she was like, well, just a lazy piece of shit. So she kept doing the dishes. And she was almost finished them. But then this tiny little spoon fell down the drain. Don't do it. Just let it go. It's fine. I don't need a spoon. I use chopsticks anyway. Don't worry about it. And then Jen was just like, Ugh, whatever. So she reached her hand in for the spoon. And then she heard a gurgling sound. A salivating sound. And she was just like, what the fuck is that? She heard it again. A bit louder. Actually, there was a suction on the drain that was pulling her in. At first, she thought, she thought that the garbage disposal was turned on. But no, it wasn't. Her hand wasn't being cut up or anything. She just couldn't pull it out. started to scream out, what the fuck is going on? And Serpent Lord was just like, yeah, that's my, it's my, just my sink. It's, it gets hungry. And Jen was just like, the fuck you mean it gets hungry? And then the Serpent Lord was just like, it gets hungry, you know? I gotta feed it every once in a while. I usually get like raw meat or something, but every time, sometimes when I bring someone over and they're like appalled by the sink, guess what happens, you know? Jen was like, serpent lord, get me the fuck out of here. And the serpent lord was like, look, you I told you not to do the dishes. That's why I've never done them, you know. You just gotta just pull it out, come on. Jen kept trying to pull her arm out. But the tighter, more she tugged, the more she was getting sucked in. The drain started to expand. More of her body came in. Eventually it was gobbling up her torso. started to scream at him, like, dude, get me the fuck out of here. And he started to step out of the room, and just was like, sorry, but you, you made your own bed. You know, there's nothing I can really do about it. Actually Serpent Lord uh, left the room, and then Jen was just like, oh my god, if I live through this, I'm gonna fucking stab you in the heart. Actually the Serpent came, couldn't watch. circling and the screaming. He took one peek and saw that Jen was already waist-deep into the drain, her legs kicking and flailing. And then the drain just slipped her up. And she was gone. Serpent Lord stared at the sink concerned nervous he just kind of shrugged and was just like well I suppose that's how that goes sometimes eventually you could hear rumbling of some sort it kind of sounded like a garbage disposal uh, running There's More of a clanging. More of a banging. This is a bit sad. Is that happening? Is that the neighbor? What is that? Eventually the floor bursts open. And it's Jen. Partially bloody. Mostly covered with slime and kitchen sink sewage. Clothes were already torn up a little bit. She just started to pant heavily. And she just slid on the floor, breathing heavy. Then she looked up at the Serpent Lord. She was just like, you son of a bitch. The Serpent Lord started to back up. It was just like, okay, just listen, just listen. So Jen stood up. I grabbed a kitchen knife and it was just like, you son of a bitch. Serpent Lord started to back away. He's like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait!" Then Jen started to just charge at him. Serpent Lord ran across his bedroom as a uh, living room area. Jen closely followed. Eventually, the Serpent Lord ran out into the street. Jen started to run, run down after him. They cut through traffic. Way station ran underground at the subway terminal, then ran through a subway mall. The Serpent Lord is more athletically fit than Jen, but Jen was driven by vengeance, pure hatred, and spite for the Serpent Lord. The serpent lord made a glance back to see how far away Jen was. And making that glance, uh, he tripped and fell. Then Jen hopped on him, and the serpent lord said, "Wait, wait, wait, wait! I'm sorry, I'm sorry!" And then Jen took the kitchen knife, and stabbed him right in the heart. Drive. She kept it jam- jammed in there for a few seconds. Just watched the expression on the Serpent Lord's face disappear. And then she ripped the knife out and got off of the top of the Serpent Lord. And then just watched him bleed out on the mall floor. It was late at night, but there were plenty of bystanders still around. All staring at Jen, staring at the corpse of the Serpent Lord. She looked around and just shrugged and shook her head. And then tossed the knife on the ground and then just walked away. heard about the Serpent Lord story seeing it on the news, reading about it online or something they also heard about the woman who stabbed him no one quite knew about the circumstances of why they just only knew that she was a prospective lover that turned against him for some reason she said that uh, she tri- that uh, the Serpent Lord tried to feed her to a sink but uh, analysts uh, looked at a sink and it uh, looked like a normal sink you know garbage disposal was functional and operational no kind no any kind of creature inside of it in the pipes or anything like that and then eventually Five years for murdering the Serpent King in cold blood, right in public on the subway mall floor. There's another uh, set of news stories that would also come about. They came about before Jen's story and came after. About how skeletons would mysteriously appear on the side of the river where a sewage drain is. Jen didn't know about these skeletons that appeared. And anyone who looked into her story and uh, where these skeletons came from maybe could have discovered the monster. if it wasn't for breaking out the monster's grasp, Jen just would have been another one of those skeletons. Okay. This one is called... Preparedness is the lemon of tomorrow. I kind of resented uh, that uh, Stacy was just kind of a bitch. I mean, Janine and Stacy were friends and all, but. Janine definitely uh, perceived Stacy as someone who did not grasp the nuanced depth of life and how to live. That there's any one standard to live by, but she certainly saw that Stacy was shallow in a philosophical sense. But when Stacy uh, asked Janine to house it uh, for the weekend. Air conditioned space had a little chihuahua and several house plants that she had to water. It was easy as pie, really. So Janine was getting another tour of the apartment of all the things to do. Just like, yeah, water the plants at this, these times of the day, uh, feed the dog at this time of the day. and it should be good. You're welcome to hang out, you know, watch things on TV or whatever. And Janine was just like, all right, it sounds simple, but in her head, she was just like, ah, oh, this is easy as pie. It's so simple. Stacy said, oh, there's one more thing I got to mention see that lemon over there on the kitchen table? And Janine said, yeah. And Stacy said, well, I don't, do not touch that lemon. Then Janine was just like, okay, why can't I touch the lemon? And then Stacy says, it doesn't matter why you can't touch the lemon. Just don't do it. You're gonna need it. For two days, I'm gonna need to it tomorrow and the next day, so just don't touch it. And Janine was like, "Okay, I think I can handle that, whatever." And Stacy was like, "I'm serious, don't touch the lemon." Janine said, "Okay, I won't touch the lemon." Stacy said, "Promise me." Janine said, I "Promise you what?" Stacey said, promise me on the grave of your mother that you won't touch this lemon. And Janine was just like, Jesus, I won't fucking touch the lemon, okay? So when Stacy went away, uh, Janine arrived on Friday and fed the dog, watered the plants, just did some reading at the house, slept over that night wasn't a big thing. She didn't even touch that lemon. Second day was a different story. She spent more time at the house, uh, walked the dog, fed him, fed the houseplants, uh, read them their favorite bedtime stories because that was also a request of Stacy's. So everything was tucked in for the night. But that lemon was still on the table. Gene just kind of standarded it for a bit. I was just like, what's so important about this lemon? It's just a lemon. No big deal to it at all. Just touch this lemon and don't move it from its spot. Surely it won't be a big deal at all. It'll be easy, just a, just a little lemon will be fine. Then she started to perceive it as a personal challenge not to touch the lemon. It's a test of will. She was never good at saying things that she was going to do do them. But she was like, you know what, I'm not going to touch this, what, this lemon all weekend. Stacey would be arriving back on Sunday, so it just had to be till then, maybe when Stacey came back, Janine could be like, hey, can I touch this lemon now? And Stacey would be like, you know what, since you took a great, did a great job uh, house-sitting, yeah, you could totally touch all my lemons that you want. That's what Janine was daydreaming. She was getting a little bit manic about it. Just being like, why can't I fucking touch the lemon? It would be easy and cool. It's just a lemon. And she's like, no, don't touch the lemon. You said you wouldn't, you promised. And she was just like, yeah, but I can do whatever I want. I'm fucking Janine, bitch, I can, yeah, whatever. staring at the lemon and she was just like do it do it do it and then she poked it that's all she did didn't jostle or anything like that didn't move from its spot or even its position it didn't even rotate slightly Janine just poked it once and then that was it And she was like, "I did it. I touched the lemon. I'm going to hell now." Yeah. But then she was starting to feel a little bit cowardly. She was like, "Oh, well, I can touch a little bit more. You know, I already poked it once. I can poke it again." So then she poked it again. Then she moved it to a different part of the table. And then she started to spin it in place. It up in the air. She took two limes that were nearby and just started to juggle with the three of them. And she kept dropping the lemon and kept getting, uh, landing on the ground and all that. And then she was holding the lemon, staring at it. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck Stacy. Then she started to peel off the skin of the lemon. Started to eat it slice by slice. She wasn't someone who ate raw lemons whole, whole, so she wasn't used to it being so super sour and all that. But still, she was compelled to be defiant, just be like, mmm, lemons, so good. She didn't even like the taste of lemons at all, really. She avoided them when she could. But she just wanted to be an upstart. She wanted to be a rebel. wanted evidence that she had her own free agency in the world so she can look back on this memory of eating this lemon when she wasn't supposed to and saying to herself, "You know what? I'm my own person. no one can do a fucking thing to say to me about anything or else. Yeah. Split it up, poured herself some gin, and then squeeze it into the gin, just having gin and lemon on ice. She's starting to get a little boozier into the night, just being like, I fucking love lemons now. I'm so about it. And then Janine's phone rings. And she's like, oh, hello. And Stacey says, Janine, you are there? And Janine's like, yeah, it's me. What's up? I, uh, I fed your dog. I uh, watered your houseplants. I took the dog for a walk. I read your houseplants, uh, their favorite bedtime stories. Um, yeah, everything's up to snuff here. And Stacy said, Janine, did you touch the lemon? Janine said, I my fingers grazed it. It wasn't a wasn't a big deal. Um yes, sorry. I don't know how the fuck you know that. Do you have cameras in here or what? There's a long pause on the other end of the phone. Stacy just said, Okay. Did you just only touch the lemon, was that it? Was it tell me what happened? said you know what fuck it i not only did i poke the lemon but i spun it around i juggled with it i dropped on the floor and then i peeled off the skin and i ate the whole fucking thing because stacy you can't tell me what to do i don't give a fuck how cool and happy you think you are but you can't tell me to do shit and that's something you ever gotta fucking know about our friendship and all that jazz there's an even longer pause um Stacey's end. And she said, Janine, I'm so sorry. And Janine said, What? Oh, what? So you're gonna pity me uh, because I touched a fucking lemon? Alright, I don't give a fuck. Alright, just fucking whatever. Even, just like, even God forbid, like, touching a lemon abolishes our friendship, you know? It's just like, whatever. I don't really give a shit anymore. Okay? Stacy said no Janine it's nothing like that I'm just sorry that I can't protect you Janine said what do you mean protect me you know, I don't need your protection for any reason from anyone and then Stacy said Janine I was out this weekend with my coven we are trying to vanquish a lemon demon it was very important that that lemon was not made any contact with because the lemon demon will sense it and then go to it we finally had the lemon demon tracked down to vanquish it once and for all but he just ran off and disappeared the only conclusion i can draw janine is that you touched the lemon the fuck you're smoking out there, wherever you are, that you heard a window break here in the front of the house. Genius was like, hey, well, who's that? Who's there? More glass breaking. That's some stomping. That genius was like, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck. Started, tried to run out of the house. She got a glimpse of the Lemon Demon. Very vicious. Dark callous skin. Yellow beady eyes. And a tight little Speedo and just charging at Janine. Said over the phone to Stacy, like, Stacy, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And then Stacy said, Well, you can run, I suppose, but you can only run so fast and so far. Eventually, he drops the phone, just starts running. back inside. The lemon demon pins her down. Starts biting her. Tearing off her flesh. Janine's screaming. A menacing scream. Eventually the demon uh, tears about part Janine's torso and rips open her stomach. Pulls out the last little lemon pieces that were remaining from what Janine ate what wasn't digested. The lemon demon held up the little lemon pieces all soaked in digestive fluid and bile. And then the creature started to weep. by the mutilation of her own body. But as the life was fading out of her, even though she was appalled by the way she had to go, she had a brief moment of clarity and then just thought to herself, why do I have to hurt everyone I come in contact with? Quarantine Spook Show. I'm Kyle Karezi. I'll be going on a vacation for two weeks, so I won't be streaming. So until then, good night.
1: I cannot live another day without air conditioning. Says
0: tomorrow's gonna be hotter. Hotter? Like yesterday.
1: Yesterday? Yesterday you said you'd call Sears. I'll call today. You call now. I'll call now. Now's the time to save on Sears-installed central air conditioning. Get 0% finance charge, no billing, and no payments until August with the Sears Charge Home Improvement Plan. Call now for a free in-home estimate on a Kenmore air conditioning system. State-of-the-art engineering means greater energy efficiency. A new Kenmore could save 10 to 44% on your annual cooling costs. In time, even pay for itself. Sears also offers fast emergency installation, a five-year warranty on parts and labor, plus our satisfaction guarantee. And you know Sears will be there to back it up. Get 0% finance charge, no buying, no payments until August. Offer ends May 31st, So for now. And stop with sales. i mm-hmm. We've got to go to the store. We need to get some milk. We need to get some bread. We need to get some eggs. We need to get some cheese. We need to get some butter. We need to get some coffee. We need to get some sugar. We need to get some flour. We need to get some oil. We need to get some vegetables. We need to get some fruit. We need to get some meat. We need to get some to get some chicken. We need to get some to get some beef. We need to get some to get some turkey. We need to get some to get some bacon. We need to get some to get some salami. We need to get some to get some prosciutto. We need to get some to get some mortadella. We need to get some to get some capicola. We need to get some to get some guanciale. We need to get some to get some pancetta. We need to get some to get some it's new dividend was announced on the the new dividend was announced on the day the new dividend was the day the new dividend was announced on the day the new dividend was announced on the day the new dividend was announced so what's the paper say about tomorrow another scorcher cool